Okay, so yeah, it's Sarah and uh, Kevin here. We're back. It's Truth or Trash, and uh, we have another guest. Woohoo! Um, yes. Name is also Kevin, Kevin Kehoe. So I'm just going to call him Kehoe so I don't confuse the Kevins. Um, he's a respiratory therapist, respiratory practitioner for 10 years. Uh, he's worked in kind of all areas. Level one trauma centers, adult ICU, NICU, PICU, pediatrics. Uh, and he has been nice enough to entertain Kevin and I's questions. And um, I think just, yeah, share your knowledge with us on, we are kind of going to focus mostly on kids and respiratory illnesses because that's just what's going around right now. Um, but you know us, we'll probably get on to a few other topics. Uh, we stray a little bit. Um, yeah, Kevin? Well, I have, well, I mean, so, so to start, I have a non-kid related question. So, you know, spin us off right off the bat. Um, so I just recently got over, um, uh, I volunteered at my son's wrestling match and I was nice enough. They were nice enough to give me in return, uh, COVID and strep throat. At the same time? At the same time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like two days later after after I was I had this like massive like awful sore throat and I was like this doesn't seem normal, and then yeah. got tested for it and uh, so I had COVID and strep throat at the same time still on still on antibiotics for it. So my question really is not so much about me, but I feel like I think that I think parents are feeling like first of all I feel like parents are feeling like COVID is changing. Um, that's one thing, like, we're, I feel like we're like, like people are getting it and the symptoms seem to be different from before. Um, and then also, I don't know, things seem to just be like passing around and, and like, so I, there's just, there's just a sense among parents that like, like stuff is passing around and we're not sure what it is, but it's like elevated. Like we're getting more sick than we ever used to. Like I used to get sick like once a year and now we're getting sick two, three times a winter. And for like lengthy stretches, like, I, I, like in, like in, in October, I got, I got sick for like a respiratory thing for, you know, uh, it was like almost two weeks. That's unheard of for me. You know, usually I'm like three and out, you know? So what's, yes. would you have are any you seeing, Are you seeing that, Keo? Is that yeah. like something yeah. in the, I know you're, you're mostly in the hospital setting. So are, are respiratory admission, illness admissions up? Are people sicker? Are they staying longer? Give a sense of that. Is Kevin just yeah. weak? Could be. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Well, I, uh, he doesn't appear appear weak to me uh, on the on the video here. He looks like a pretty pretty strong individual. So I don't want to say too much on that point. Um. So yeah, as far as COVID goes, COVID started. At least what what I saw at the hospital was um, a lot of respiratory. Um, it started as this respiratory infection. Um, it would cause a lot of inflammatory response in the lungs. Um, and what was making people very sick was this, this systemic inflammatory response throughout the whole body. Um, and you would have people coming in with very high fevers. Um, it was very hard to breathe. Their secretions and their mucus was very thick. So um, it was very hard to get a handle on, on that, especially if you had patients who have any pre-existing conditions like um, COPDers and people with emphysema um anybody with cystic fibrosis any of those lung diseases that uh you know if they were, if they contracted covid usually were very very sick um a virus and again i'm i'm not a i'm not a doctor but uh but the 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 experience that i've seen with a lot of viruses is that their goal is to keep surviving they want to continue to survive so they're going to decrease like their um what is it called? The mortality, or when when they are uh, actually killing patients, and they're going to just increase their um, their ability to replicate, mutate, and all that. So they're going to mutate into those little proteins that are on the viruses themselves. So um, their their goal is to infect the next person. Their goal is to stay alive. So they don't want to kill their host because they want to infect somebody else. Um, so as far as your situation goes, COVID and strep throat, it sounds pretty rough. So, um, I am, we are seeing at the hospital, these double infections of 
Um, we're, we're, we're now having adults coming in with RSV, which is the, the, the kid cold. People used to know it as a kid cold, right? Like respiratory mm -hmm. syncytial virus um, and COVID at the same time. Like it'll be like RSV and COVID or somebody will come in with the flu and COVID combined. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a good reason as to why it's all being combined. Um, my guess is that it's because there's a, there's a lot of people that are indoors. It's winter time. Um, now that masks are, are off, I would guess that um, everybody is, uh, everybody's immune systems are trying to kind of get back on track. Um, Sarah, I don't want to speak too much to immunity as far as that's concerned, but I think that, yeah. um, I, I think people's immune systems need, a, need kind of a reset. I know that COVID definitely threw off sort of the virus season. You would see viruses start to peak, especially in kids, um, like around no November, December, and then kind of peter off towards like the March, April um, area. But now what we're seeing is sort of a year long ebb and flow of these viruses. And that's kind of been throwing a lot of people off. Um, I think as far as kids are concerned, it definitely goes through those, those um, the school season, right? When kids get into school, they'll come home, they'll cough on the parents, parents get infected and then it's, uh, and then it's off to the races. Um, I know. I yeah. To elaborate on that, I agree with all of that, you know. And I would just say, um, I guess no, I lost my train of thought. It's interesting when when we were in the height of COVID, we yep. only saw COVID. Like, I, granted, maybe that's all we were looking for, and that was like we as healthcare practitioner practitioners and working in urgent care and ER stuff. That's kind of all we were really looking for. But like. Yeah. You either had COVID or you, or you, or you didn't, there wasn't like, people weren't testing positive for flu. I wasn't seeing a lot of strep, like nobody's RSVs were popping up. And then um, now I feel like, yeah, all those other things that we just kind of avoided for a couple of years because COVID was so dominant and we were masked and we were home are now like, woohoo. Um, and we're seeing a lot of it. And I, the RSV in adults is interesting to me because I never really worried about it as a provider. We were, if, you know, if my adult patients called in and said, oh, my kid has RSV at their daycare, I'd be like, oh, you're, you're fine. It's just a cold for adults. Like, don't worry about it unless they maybe had compromised lungs or something else going on. But the normal kind of healthy adult, we didn't think about it. Um, but now they're sick. Yeah. yeah. And even if they're not, you're not seeing them in the hospital as a respiratory therapist, um, they're at home hacking for like a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, I think, with it, um, which is, um, which is a change to me. And I don't know if it's part of our, the viral stuff resurging some of these other ones after being kind of, like you said, they want to survive, right? And they were being over-dominated by the COVID strain for so long. Um, us, us just not having exposure because we were home and we were masked. I, yeah, maybe it's a combination of all of that. But Yeah, um, it's, hard, it's hard to pinpoint all that. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that uh, we, we did see, we got hit pretty hard, not this well, we, 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 were, we were hit pretty good this past year with RSV, but the year when all the masking got dropped at schools, uh, mm -hmm. we got hit pretty good with an, R, an RSV spike in like November, December. Um, it hit pretty hard and then it, and then it sort of uh, leveled off and then uh, went, went down in trend again. But um, it, it's, it's one of those things where uh, viruses, are, viruses are tricky. You know, they're really tricky to, to, to manage and pin down and um, I know, I know that from a respiratory standpoint, it's, it's frustrating when you, when you see it at the hospital and you see multiple infections and you're like, okay, like you try to talk to the doctor about a treatment plan, but you're trying to manage a couple of different infections at once. Yeah. 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 It seems like a, like a thing, like, 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 like you said, um, these things seem to be doubling up. You see, you see people getting multiple things at once, which is, you know, like I said, a little strange because I, I, I felt like this was not um this wasn't as common you know it wasn't as common to get multiple things i feel yep. like yeah um, I, don't, I don't know um, uh, last longer, i think is what i'm seeing just anecdotally yeah. in my in my clients and um yeah and i did i actually did do a, a couple outreaches to some colleagues that still do er urgent care and i just sent a text like maybe it was two weeks ago like what are you guys seeing because my practice is blowing up like I have people are coming into like week three with these coughs and 
you know, they're viral, antibiotics aren't touching them, they're whatever. And they were like, yeah, it's, that's just, it's what we're seeing. Everybody's got yeah. it. We just like, had a run. So in, okay. well, it started in Thanksgiving uh, yeah. in, in, my, in my house, not even at work. We had a, a run of a virus go through the house and then the kids got, uh, you know, so, so for those listening, I have twin daughters, uh, twin, um, two-year-olds and they got something and both of them got fevers. One of them had a fever one week, one of them had a fever the next week. Um, and we were just getting out of the woods of this about maybe three weeks ago. And now they, now they both have, uh, they, they just got something this weekend. Um, they were, they were out and they got, they got something else. So it was like a week of being healthy, maybe a week and a half. And we're back in, you know, back in uh, na nasal suctioning and, and Tylenol and everything else. So <laughs> I don't, I don't miss I, those I, days at all. Yeah. They don't sleep, which means you don't sleep. And, um, yeah, yeah. I felt like my middle child, who's now 17, we, we were like, he just had like chronic, like snotty nose for like, I don't know, three years. That's an example, but it felt like that, you know, from like <laughs> two to five years old. Like he was just a mess. I don't know. Kind of well, well, so, there well, you go. Well, <laughs> well one thing I, I guess for a, maybe for a, for a truth or trash is a question. Um, Cause you hear like, like, well, I guess, do masks work? Because that's a big thing, right? I could people be hearing people be like, well, masks don't really work, or they only, they only protect, like, I don't know, they, people were always saying that, they, that masks didn't work. And I, and I felt like they did. I was just like, I, when we were wearing masks, I felt like we were like, we were actually like, like not getting nearly as sick as, as now that we've dropped the masks. So I guess that's the question is like, do masks like really work and help and either in terms of helping like you stay keep from getting sick or you or you keep from other people getting sick so i guess it's kind of like a due part is it is it does it work and does it work and which way does it work does it work from you transmitting or does it work by you keeping people keeping disease out so i'll i'll speak to the masking as far as so for my entire career in healthcare this is even before i became a respiratory therapist if we if i walked into a patient's room with tuberculosis, for example, which is an air, it's an airborne virus, which means it, it can survive as little tiny air particles. Um, we had to wear the N95 masks. And this was the, this is, this is the mask that kind of came to prominent prominence during COVID. Um, anybody with the flu or, um, or RSV or um, metanumovirus, these kind of like common cold viruses that, that spike throughout the winter and school season, uh, we would have to wear um, just a regular surgical mask, the, the masks that you'll see on like doctor shows and all of that. Um, and and I will say that I have I've never contracted tuberculosis from being in a patient's room with tuberculosis. I've never gotten sick from a patient necessarily, you know, because you follow all the protocols like you wear a gown, you wear a mask, you wear the eye gear, you wear your gloves. Um, so it so in that sense, when I'm in a patient's room with these infections, all of that stuff is keeping me safe. Um, I don't, I, I have not looked at the data as far as what the masking did for the public, but I, I will say that we did, I, I did notice that there were a lot of infections, whether it was either COVID or something else. Um, mm -hmm. did, it, it did sort of take off again after the masks were dropped. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get into to the, the political side of things. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, no. there was definitely a um, there was definitely a a, a a hand like there was the, there was the medical community it seemed like, and then there was the political side, <clears throat> and it seemed like the two were sort of in a gray like spinning vortex of craziness, and it just got a little out of hand. Um, yeah. And we were we were trying to at least the healthcare we were just trying to. <clears throat> do our job and save people and stay stay out of that so but i think as far as the masking is concerned um i i personally think it works um i i, I think there's there's no there's no 100 percent guarantee that somebody's not going to get sick like you can't make it you can't say because i put this mask on i'm now protecting everybody and i'm protecting myself 100 against this virus whatever it is um, but I do think that because of the way that viruses spread, especially respiratory viruses, which are usually you cough, it lands on a surface, the virus survives for a certain amount of time, 
and then you somebody else's hand gets on it and then they either touch their mouth they touch their eyes they touch their nose um, any of those mucous membranes and that's how an infection that's how somebody gets infected so it, it, can, it can go both ways i think that if you somebody is sick and they wear a mask they're certainly protecting the community by wearing a mask um, as far as them wearing a mask to keep themselves from getting sick, I think if that if you, if you don't follow stuff like washing your hands, um, you know, get, getting enough sunlight, eating the right foods, like doing all the, the normal stuff we do even without masks, mm-hmm. um, then, then a mask is not going to do anything. Because if you're not washing your hands and you take the mask off and now you touch your face, yeah, then you've, you've, you've defeated the purpose of wearing a mask. So okay, that's a roundabout answer of saying uh, it, it works. It, it all de- it, it it's all depends on the user. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying um, to say. I mean, <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, w- I would agree. I, I think they help. I think they make a difference. Is it a, yeah. a nobody's ever going to get sick scenario? No, but um, it's an added layer. And to Kehoe's point, we, I, I wore them in RSV rooms with little newborn baby. You know, we just, I, yeah, I think the thing that COVID made it different was, I was in, in healthcare, I was very, we were all, I don't know, indoctrinated if that's where you were just trained. If you went into a patient's room or you were going to an exam room with a patient that had some type of respiratory illness, you would wear a mask. Right. A little bit to keep me from getting sick, but I mean, honestly, they didn't, I don't think they really cared if I got sick. It was, it was more, I, I, they don't want me to pick that up and then take that to another patient. Oh, right. Sure. Very key. I mean, I, I don't want to sure. like, yeah say they didn't care about my well-being at all as a bedside nurse or you know a provider but but that it was kind of that message right we can't take some contagious virus from one patient's room and move it to another patient especially if you're in a hospital setting where people are immune compromised and sick with other things um and then i for me what made covid different was so wearing the mask wasn't a big deal i'm seeing if i saw anybody that i thought had the flu i just put a mask on because i didn't want the flu and i didn't want to maybe have the flu and not know it and take it to the next 10 patients that I saw that day. Um, I think what was weird for me was that it was no longer going into the patient room that you had to wear. It was, well, it was everywhere. So now you're wearing them in the hallways, you're wearing them at your desk, you're wearing them into the bathroom, you're wearing them into the cafeteria because your coworker, everybody was just at risk of having that in the community. Right. Does that make, I, I don't know. That was like, that felt hard to adjust to going into a medical setting for a 12 hour shift and knowing you're going to have that in 95 mask on for that yeah. entire time. And I think it's hard because like people didn't know what to do in the beginning. Let's be honest. Like we don't, we, this was yeah. a brand new novel thing and nope, nobody uh, has really lived, lived through a, a pandemic, uh, you know, in like a hundred years or something like that. So I think everybody was just sort of going by, okay, let's try this and just see what happens, you know? And, Sure, yeah. there were some overcorrections, but you know, like what else? What else are you supposed to do? I think that yeah. <laughs> you have to try. You have to try certain things, and if it doesn't work, either acknowledge it didn't work, or uh, you know, try something else, and just say to everybody, "Hey, we tried this, and it didn't work. We're going to try something different." Um, I think that's as far as the masking goes. It's tricky because I think companies genuinely do want to do the right thing when it comes to, especially with healthcare. I think they want to keep their patients safe and keep their patients from getting another infection on top of what they're dealing with in the hospital. Um, and as far as practitioners go, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to bring this stuff home to my family and kids. Like, yeah. I don't want to get this on me and then bring it home to my wife too, you know, so all that. And um, I, I, I think that's, you know, certainly there's some overcorrections, but you know what, it, it, it is what it is. And I think that, you know, people need to realize that, everybody was sort of trying things out as we were going along with COVID. Yeah. yeah. And, and also trying like for the best in mind, like that was the thing that, that sort of got lost. I think too, it's like, it's like, we're trying this to keep people alive, not to like, like, like it's not to like infringe on something or just to like impose some sort of punitive thing on you. It's like, we're trying this because we think it's the right thing to do medically in order to like save the most amount of lives. Sure. And I think we always have to remember that when it, when it, for the next pandemic and the next thing that's going to happen is like, you know, like the medical community is out here trying their best using protocols that in the past have 
shown to be right like it's the whole typhoid mary thing right and that's why we mask in the first place right um and wash hands and things like that is because of how she spread things like she literally gave typhoid to like all of new york city in like the 18 what like what was it, 1870s or something yeah. like that yeah and trust you're gonna you fact checked yourself i don't know on that but I, you're probably right I don't, yes. I don't know. Have, you, have you heard of the typhoid mary story i have heard that but I, I haven't looked any deeper except to hear that phrase. Is that well, bad? That, Do you know? I don't know. That is, that is that is that is true medical history that you should know about. That I is. Know. I should know. Well, she she was a cook. She was a cook. It was, it was sometime in the 1800s. I think it was in the late 1800s. She was a cook in New York City, and she had right. typhoid, and she cooked for a lot of prominent families. And because she had typhoid and didn't like, like she didn't like wash her hands, you know, so it was spreading all around, and the doctors could not find out why it was spreading to all these families and all these you know and like literally all of new york city was getting sick and they tracked her down to patient zero which was her which is a cook that was going through all these kitchens not washing she had typhoid and she was uh you know infecting people and anyway you know well so i feel let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt she probably didn't know and maybe hand washing wasn't like a normal thing like oh, osha yeah. wasn't inspecting her kitchen but no. um I know. I feel like but, the health inspector you know, wasn't coming in checking they, things out. You know? Right, right. <laughs> um, we're digressing slightly, like we always do. Uh, I just was listening to a different podcast. Um, Kevin Kehoe mentioned it. Don't, don't touch your face, right? How important mm -hmm. it is not. Like, actually, the eyes are probably the biggest incubator into. Really. Um, this was probably yeah. you were probably listening to the Huberman Lab, weren't you? Yes. Was. Yes. So did good. you hear that? And yes, I did. This it's is great. It the interesting great. piece um, as humans, shortly, I don't know, as humans, you, you might elaborate on this key if you remember more. I was driving, which is usually when I listen to these. Um, when you meet somebody new, whether you shake or fist bump or don't touch hands or whatever you do, um, there's an instinct within so many seconds or minutes after that that you will put your hand to your face. Yes. And they don't know why. Like when they've done these studies, it just, people just do it subconsciously. And he's like, is it relating back to like primal instinct of like, you know, you're smelling like pheromones or something off of their skin or there's, there's some response. Um, anyways, so it was very much in my head. Cause I was, I was going um, into um, cover a side clinic that day. And I was like, I'm going to like, you know, you're going to walk into a room and meet patients and this new person. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to do that subconsciously so and it's interesting because i got if 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 i'm a if i'm in a kid's room if i'm in a sick kid's room like if we're at the height of rsv season right now if i come out of the room i am like very aware of where my hands hands are so i'll sanitize my hands i'll even wash my hands like i'm very meticulous about how i clean myself when i leave a patient's room but yeah if i'm out in public i am sort of aware of it not really like thinking about oh am i touching my face all the time after meeting somebody new i'm not aware of that but he now said, about, kevin yeah. kevin looks he's like no way you're making that up but he I, I don't know he said it it's been studied i we i could go back and do that more but no um, and, just and casual he, meeting of new people that it's like almost instinctual of within so many minutes of that someone you will touch your face well, no, I mean, that actually makes sense because whenever I meet somebody new, I usually like, like mash my eyeball into their eyeball. Like I, I and grab you, their and you were gonna say something. And then I just, and then, you know, and I just, and we just do a nice smear. It's a good, it's very, it's very intimate. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's, yeah. it's pretty hot. And uh, when, when, when just, when just a handshake will do, we're getting an eyeball. <laughs> You're getting the eyeball. I go further. All right. I go further. Eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so so touching um, your eyes. So 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 it's not so there's they're saying that touching your you you have a natural inst instinct to touch your nose, mouth, eyes. Um and eyes are a big receptacle of I, I'm pretty sure, right? Am I getting the right cue? You did you listen to the same thing? I he said eyes, yeah. which surprised me because I thought nose or mouth. But he said, yeah, and I, I always think that too. And it's interesting because, you know, I like you think of your eyes can like wash things out. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, eyes are a source of infection. I mean, it's a mucous membrane, right? It has it has fluid in it. It's connected into your body, your, your bloodstream and all that. Um, and, and we're not aware of how subcon how, how much we touch our face. We're not aware of our little ticks that we do throughout the day. So yeah. touching our touching our mouth, touching our nose, 
touching her eyes. Like I like I, I watch my kids put stuff in their mouth, and that like half the time they're not even aware they're doing it. They're just like shoving stuff something in their mouth, and then I look at them. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, they'll spit it out and be like, what are you what are you talking about? It, you know, like, that? What, I didn't, what, I didn't that? Spit what, yeah, what there was a rubber ducky. What are you talking about? I didn't see that. Like, <laughs> it, you know, but there's like, it's like covered in slobber, and you're like, okay, well. <laughs> um, yeah. So don't touch your faces. That's a take home message. I think wear a mask when you're sick or you're around sick people. Those would be mm -hmm. things I would advise. Um, wash your hands. Just wash your hands. Wash, just That's wash it. your yeah. Right. I mean, just wash your hands. Your hands clean. Touch your face all you want. I guess you're right. Yeah. Just just wash your hands. It's all the all the all the old things that people told you to do. It does work. Washing hands. All that you know. All the basic stuff. <laughs> so on that note, I'm going to Keo, the other like to keep to our truth or trash theme on the old things people used to do. I, I had I think I sent a couple of these questions to you earlier, but um, so I, the other thing you see a lot of in primary care, the late night phone call, the last person racing in the door on the end of your shift in an urgent care is a parent with a croupy kid that the seal barky croupy cough kiddo yes. um they sound awful yes. and it's scary and it's alarming and yes. sometimes they are really sick I'm not i don't mm -hmm. i'm not gonna downplay this. sometimes they do need to go see you in the hospital sure. um you know but i definitely have the the parents it's you know midnight they're holding the phone up to the kid the kid's doing this they're like we, we're taking them outside my mom says we go outside do we put them in the steamy shower do we put them in the cold air do we like give them a cup of coffee i mean i mean all these like little wives tales um is that still a pc term i don't know what to say all those old <laughs> rumor things are still out there caffeine yeah. is a bronchodilator so maybe there's yes. a little truth to that i don't know cold or hot steam no steam like is is any of that really work so uh so i guess i'll, I'll start with with the croup so the, so croup is uh it's a different infection than than rsv right and yeah, that that barking cough. I mean, now that I'm a parent, I can definitely understand. Uh, it's very scary to hear your kid breathe, and when it sounds like you can, like, I can actually hear them breathing. It sounds like, like, yeah. like a dying cat, you know, or like when they're coughing, it sounds like a dog outside. Like I thought it was a dog. Um, that that barking cough is pretty alarming. Um, in my experience with kids with croup, it's best to keep everything very low stimulation. Um, it is a virus, so it does have to run its course. Uh, and unfortunately, antibiotics don't really do anything for, for viruses, as you guys, as you guys know. Um, if you can keep the kid as calm as possible, uh, the, the, that's, that's going to be the best bang for your buck. I, um, in my kids' rooms right now, I have cool mist running um, through little humidifiers. Um, if we see a croupy kid come into the ER, we'll set up a cool mist aerosol to um, get some cool mist on, you know, in, into their airways. But you have to be careful with them because, because the more you stimulate these kiddos and kids, you know, kids are going to be kids. The more you touch them, they're going to fight back even harder. And, um, and then they're going to cry and they're going to scream. And that's when the, the croup can really become problematic because you can get this um, irritation and then it get, the airway gets more and more inflamed. And that's where the breathing trouble is going to come from, is that if you start stimulating them more and more, you're going to have these breathing problems. So with with like anything else, and pa parents are going to probably hate me for saying this, but it's you have to kind of ride it out and um, and definitely but definitely keep an eye on on your kiddo. If you start to notice things like um, when they're breathing and their ribs, your, their ribs are starting to show when they breathe, that's that's called retractions. Um, if they're doing like sort of a seesaw breathing, if their belly's coming up and they're they're looking like an uneven breathing pattern, um, we call that paradoxical breathing. Um, look for that. Look for those things. Um, if they're doing nasal flaring, where their nose is sort of flaring in and out when they breathe, um, or almost like a head bobbing, like if their head is is moving as they're breathing, um, look for all those signs. Um, that's the time to call the doctor, or if it's in the middle of the night, head to an urgent care or or possibly an ER. Um, the ER, I, I will say, can get really, really overflowed. Like we we get hit really hard, so wait times can be really, really long. Yeah. Um, so the best the best place for a kid is going to be at their at, at home because they're that's where they're comfortable. 
that's where the stimulation is going to be the lowest. And the ER is probably the most stimulating place to be at 2 a.m., uh, you know, and, um, yeah. Yeah. but, but, but yeah, I mean, like with it, with, like with anything, I mean, um, with, so I guess the truth to trash on this is that if, if, a, if an old wives tale is working, then do it. Like if you notice, oh, like their barking cough went away after I took them outside or they seem to be chilled out, like even just getting them outside for a little bit of sunlight during the day um, and they seem to calm down, then, then do that. If that's working, great. Like there's, I don't have any evidence to back that stuff up, but if it seems to be working, then keep doing it. Um, warm liquids to help soothe their throat. <clears throat> um, the hot showers or you know, like, like a hot bath can definitely help relax their airways. But um, sometimes what can happen is like the mucus is gonna start running a lot because it's going to start thinning out. So just be aware of that. Um, but yeah, the, the main thing to look for is those those signs of what we call respiratory distress. So nasal flaring, head bobbing, and retractions. That's when you should definitely give the doctor a call and just be like, hey, I'm seeing these things. And they might say, head over to urgent care, or head over to an ER and just get them looked at. But yeah, with croup, the biggest thing is try not to stimulate the kid too much. Um, keep them as calm as possible. Oh, yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's helpful because it's, it's scary. Um, yeah, though, that's good. I agree with all of that. Sometimes I call it, we call it increased work of breathing is like my other, like, you know, right. so, if, sure. so I will, if they bring the kiddo in, usually I'm going to leave them where they're comfortable. So if they're sitting on mom and dad's lap, that's fine. You just lift the shirt and everybody just, you're just quiet. And I just watch them breathe. And are they really pulling? Like Kevin said, where they're pulling in extra muscles, they're pulling over their collarbones. Yeah. Their nose is flaring. Sometimes they are, but they're drooling, bobbing, yeah. drool, like then yeah. they have, then they need more help. Um, and you know, like with, there are certain medicines that we can give if it gets to be a little bit more problematic, like for a respiratory therapist specifically, we can give something called racemic epinephrine, which is, um, epinephrine is, is, is this, is the drug that you give for, you know, any kind of like allergic reactions or anything like that. Um, but this is a nebulized form of that, and that can help relax the upper airway in those tight airways. Um, uh, but the the um, the other thing that nurses can give uh, is dexamethasone, which is that corticosteroid, um, and that can help relax things too. So the so those are the two things that we can sort of do to escalate things. But yeah, like I said, I mean, low stimulation is, is going to be the best for for something like croup. Well, what about so what about with just like your regular common like let's say your kid is just like you know super stuffed up um you know whatever you know not even sure or whatever you know you haven't gotten diagnosis it's just they're super stuffed up um is it what what is the best home remedies that you that you personally feel like you know like do you recommend like the uh, uh humidifier or th like you know like what actually helps and what is just like like you're just kind of wasting, you know, effort. Yeah, I mean, I so the things that I I use at my house and the things that I have actually used as a respiratory therapist at the hospital too. So we have we have a battery powered uh, nasal. It's called a nasal aspirator, and it's basically just like a kid neti pot. Um, and you turn this thing on, and it has a little suction device, and it's got a little suction cup that you put up to their nose. And it'll it'll suction out all the mucus from their nose, and it clears really? all that out. Yeah, um, you can find them on Amazon. There's lots I'm... and lots of brands. Can you write that down? It's like nasal aspirator. Chronic, like I can never breathe. So yes, yes, and that's like that is so huge, especially for kids, um, and and even infants. Like that, when infants sleep, they breathe through their nose, and. So, um, so that's the biggest thing is just making sure the airway is clear. Um, you can buy little, um, say, uh, little drops of saline and yeah. you can drop, you can give them little drops of that and just be really gentle, you know, like a little bit of saline in their nose that can help kind of loosen up, um, all that mucus and everything. Um, so those are like the home remedies we use that we use here, but also we use the hospital and we will do that for kids every, like every hour or every two hours at the hospital, um, just to keep their airways clear. Cause the biggest thing when a kid has like a, a common cold or any of those viruses that are going around is just rest. Um, so if they are not sleeping well, it's usually because their, their nose is stuffed up and they can't, they can't take a deep breath. 
Um, as far as the, the old wives tale stuff, I mean, hydration is going to be key. Hydration is going to be your friends. Um, you know, with, with my, with my kiddos, like we're drinking water. I gave them some warm water with honey earlier today. Um, we, you know, any, any way you can just keep them hydrated because their appetite is, is, is most likely going to be not good. Um, they're not going to be eating as much. Um, so just make sure you stay on top of the hydration. Okay. Um, those are the, the big home remedies. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you can always call your doc and, and ask for any, any other kind of advice, but those are the things I feel are going to work the best is the hydration and then just keeping their, keeping their nose clear so that they can, they can sleep and just get a good night's sleep. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, this is helpful because again, as a primary care provider, you, you get a lot of calls from parents around these things. And they want like, you know, can I give them Sudafed? Can I give them like what cold and cough stuff? And you're like, uh, under like six, under two. Yeah. There's limited options. Yeah. And, and so I say those things. I'm like, get the little, you know, nasal saline spray and maybe yep. put a little mix under their nose. Like anything to kind of open stuff up and clear it out. Um, sure. Yep. It's, it doesn't work immediately always. It's, they don't love you doing that to them. It's much sure. easier to just put a little, you know, purple colored syrup in a cup, you know, over the counter something and squirt it in there. Um, but now I'm going to be like, hey, no, this is respiratory therapist said this is the best stuff. It's not just yeah. me. It's coming from yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we um, like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that we don't do Tylenol around here. I mean, we, we give we're, we're giving Tylenol and Motrin to them, too. Um, you know, and the big, you know, the big thing with kiddos and, and Sarah, you know, this, too, is just don't is just don't give them aspirin. That's the big thing. But the. But um, but for Tylenol and Motrin, if you know if they need it for any kind of discomfort, with a super sore throat, um, you know whatever's them to sleep and get them to. Um, as a parent now, I'm like, you know what, uh, tr you know, try try the nasal suctioning first, you know, give them a little bit of Tylenol and just yeah, low you know low key activities, best you can. <laughs> I know. Um, now, now, now that I'm a parent, it's like you, know, you don't you don't get you don't get a break. But uh, you know, it's you have to, you know, you're their you're their comfort zone, so they're gonna look to you. Yeah, for sure. I know. Sometimes they like sleeping more upright. I think that's a thing. That's I know it helps with ear infections and that that pressure. So, yeah. Not that you should be propping infants on things, but sometimes that's when they want to just sleep on your chest and you're just going to be sleeping kind of propped up on the couch with them on you. hundred um, percent. It works. It's, it does. You, know, you, yeah. you don't need to turn your head as an adult. We don't, I don't need to look left for two weeks after sleeping on the couch for three days. It's yeah. overrated. So it's, you can just take one for the team, you know, just got to get them in that. Sarah why, is, Sarah, why is your neck hurt? Oh, uh, you know, 12 hours of cuddle time with my kid last night. It was great. <laughs> No, well, you know what? I, I'm actually in the process right now of buying. So I'm buying a recliner because when I when I get so when I get sick, like I can't like all right, like even when I'm not sick, like I'm always stuffed up. Like I'm I'm like chronically congested, and so when I'm sick, it's a nightmare for me, and I cannot sleep. So right now, I'm actually looking to buy a recliner so that when I am sick, that I can just sleep upright. And I also went on went on Amazon and I'm waiting for like I bought this like fancy like airplane neck pillow. So that way, like so so I can like so because that's what that's what I'm gonna do from now on. Like my mom does the same thing. Like when I get sick, it's just gonna be like in a recliner, basically sleeping upright. Um, because I do find that like like for me, like that, like that role, and I sleep and I absolutely can't sleep on my back, like I have to sleep on my side. Um so I always find that like I also tend to like roll over, so like I get a lot of like pressure and like it, it, the, the, it all it pools, it just pools. And when you wake up in the morning, it is it is an utter nightmare. Utter, so, utter and, nightmare. And, and the thing is, and the thing is that we're we're adults, so like we're aware of this stuff. Meanwhile, kids are like they don't understand why they feel you know crappy yeah. they don't they don't understand why they they all they want to do is just play and have fun and we're looking at you like you know why am i coughing why am i sick you know yeah. Yeah. so at least we you and i can like rationalize be like well i got a cold i just gotta deal with it but yeah. these kids it's like they're they're like i just all i want to do is have fun and be a kid so I never, I never felt more helpless than when my uh i think when my kid was like my, my old my son was like i don't know let's just say he was one or something like that you know and he got sick 
And I felt I I had never felt like worse in my life than he when he was just like sick and couldn't like breathe. And yeah. you know, so you're just like up, you know, all the medicines say you can't give him anything. So, you know, we're sitting there like freaking out, like trying to create like we have him in his like in his like little swing thing, like I have like a <laughs> humidifier underneath it i have like a towel over i'm trying to create like i'm trying to create like a like a little like hut for you know i felt so terrible you um, call it the shot the shaman healer the local shaman here like come, come in the house let's do some breaky let's do some breaky therapy but, you know, yeah, exactly I, I was i was smudging I, you, know, I, you know i had crystals yeah, yeah. out you know Anything. I was willing to try anything at that point, you know. I, all all twelve salt candles plugged in, right? All your salt right. lamps like going. Exactly. You know? Yep. Put um, a dream catcher. Put a dream catcher over them to catch all the the demons or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so we joke, but we all have children. You'll do it. You'll do it. You're cresting oh, yeah. that like second night of no sleep combined with worry. You're all like, yeah. I don't, oh, I absolutely. I yeah. I empathize with that. Absolutely. I'll see parents come into the ER. And and man, they they look absolutely strung out. And I and I look at them and I go, oh, I get it now. I get it. I one hundred percent understand. And it's uh, it's taken me to have kids to get there. I mean, uh, but uh, you know, but ki kids are kids are incredible. Like they will go through a whole sickness of six six days, maybe of feeling like absolute trash, and then the seventh day they'll wake up and like it's like nothing ever happened. Yeah, you know, yeah. kids, kids and are kids are amazing. The seventh day, you—that's when you get it, and they're that's like, when I, right. and you're, right. that's when Kevin's in the recliner. Like, don't yeah. touch me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's here's the dog. The, like, dog entertain the kids. Yeah. Not gonna take a nap. Um, they are very resilient, and that very is something incredible. else you tell new new parents, right? They, you will always. They're very resilient, and it will be freaky and scary, but you'll be you'll be surprised. Yes, kids are a lot tougher than you think they are. That's one thing I will say. Even, even way before I had kids, I was always amazed at how resilient kids are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. We'll go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I was going to change the subject slightly. I mean, it's still kids, and maybe um, Kehoe can speak to this. I don't know. So now my young, my, I have teenagers, three teenagers. I look amazing for that. Look at how rested I am. I'm getting my hair colored on uh, two days. It's going to help. My hat's, my, my hat's oh. off to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's hard. It's just hard in a different way. All stages are different, different challenges, different. They're all wonderful in some ways and, and uh, challenging in different ways. So um, my, actually both my boys, my 17 and 19 year old, uh, do not, do not vape. Um, I believe them on this. They both have uh and don't anymore but one of them just i was anyways how'd you do that well i just quit it was stupid it was a lot of money i thought about it blah 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 um they tell me they are in a minority and that i would be very surprised or maybe i would not be surprised um how many kids just do every day so I think about that effect on these little lungs, right? We're talking about these babies and all this stuff we do with the rsv and the and the COVID yeah. and the flu and and you nurture these little human beings along and then they go pick up their stupid vape pen loaded with who knows what and i'm just like ah um yeah. is it as bad as i think it is kevin are, are you seeing this and i mean i'm this might be out of the wheelhouse it's new i just think we're gonna see x-rays on these people in 10 years that are gonna be horrible um am i just being an overprotective <laughs> mom i don't know so, okay, so, I, so I'll just start by saying I don't have a ton of experience with, with vaping, but I do, I, I actually looked a couple of things up just to, just so I could like speak a little bit to vaping. Um, so the vapes, the, the vape pens for anybody who's not familiar with them, they, they are a little, they look just like a pen. They'll, they are, you have a little cartridge that you insert in, into that contains a liquid. It's um, a liquid flavoring and then uh, most uh, of these products have nicotine in them to some degree. And nicotine is the addictive drug that's in cigarettes and, and tobacco and, and all those tobacco products. Um, so these kids, when they're, when they're inhaling this, they're, not, they're inhaling these flavorings um, and this sort of liquid that I really don't know what's in it, yeah. but they're also inhaling an addictive drug. So it's hard as soon as they, as soon as they go, as soon as they start inhaling this, 
but now they're inhaling something that's easy to get addicted to. Um, and anybody who can speak to addiction, uh, uh, you know, smoking or um, any any of those habits that are um, addicting or, or anything like that can tell you it's it's incredibly hard to quit. It's incredibly yeah. hard to kick a habit that is literally you have a little voice in the back of your head that's telling you to nah, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. No big deal. Um, vapes can cause what's called a vapor vapor um, vaporizer associated lung injury. Like it's like it's a V A L I is the the abbreviation yeah. for it. And I saw a patient with this in 2019 who was very sick. Ended up on a ventilator. Um, their lungs were um, their X ray looked like um, a, um, acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS. Um, so very thick thick airways. Um, their secretions were very hard to manage. They were very, very thick. Um, and again, I'm guessing that's because of what's in these, uh, what, what's in these flavorings and all that and all that vapor. Um, so I, again, I, I don't know exactly what's in the fluid itself, but I will say that the, the patient that I saw uh, and the, the patients that I've heard about from other respiratory therapists are very sick when they get this, this lung injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's like anything else, like with smoking and, and, and vaping, um, make sure, like you said, you're talking to your kids about it and make sure they're aware of what this thing is so that when they're not hearing it from somebody else, like, oh, this is like the cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, so if you uh, develop you know. this ARDS, is that, is that like a permanent condition? Is that something you can recover from or? Um, well, ARDS, ARDS itself, you can, you can kind of recover from, I mean, there is sort of like a scarring that, that can, that can happen, um, with, with pneumonias and all that, they kind of leave like a scar tissue behind, um, with, with a vapor associated lung, lung injury. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I'll be honest. Um, I'll, all I know is that this patient was very sick and on a ventilator. And I think that's, that's just enough to say, yeah, why, why are you guys doing this? And I, I have heard this too. I've heard from a few high school kids that it's just a it's a very uh very popular thing to be doing right now um is, is vaping um I, i've i've not partaken in it myself so i don't know what the appeal is but um i just know that i've i've seen many 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 smokers uh, many smokers who have come in with all the injuries from cigarettes so i can't imagine that it is anything better i mean you're still inhaling something anything that's anything that you're inhaling that is not uh, air, well, air <laughs> uh, is going to cause some kind of damage, right? Like any, like anything. <clears throat> if you inhale, fire, you inhale, like fire smoke. You know, right. it's like, it's like, it's like a pit fire. You know, you're inhaling. I mean, like if you inhale food, your lung is like, what the heck is this? And then they want to cough it out, right? So, like anything that gets in your lungs is going to cause some kind of, you know, spasm or whatever. Um, but vapes, I will just say, I mean. Uh, I, I don't know enough about it, but I will say that this this patient was very sick when they when they came in with that yeah. that injury. No, that's that's helpful. I mean, that's what I tell my well, what I tell my teenage patients and my my own children, and um, that's what I just say, right? Just anything you're inhaling into your lungs, it's not good. Yeah. So well, I, it's, I it's got it's like chemicals. You don't know 100 what's in it. You could have exactly like an inflammatory allergic response to some flavoring or additive or. Yeah, like, what, have oil in I, there, I, and that's the, I, like I, would you yeah, spray them yeah. into your lungs? Like that's that's my like general description. I'm like, would you just go to the cupboard and get a can of like spray kitchen oil and just spray that on there? Like, you wouldn't do it. So well, yeah, I, I think well, that's well, the I, I wanted to. Yeah. This is a good time. This is a good time to bring up our podcast sponsor, Jewel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sir, this pod, this podcast will not be aired, and we're calling out. Uh, a hit. We're uh, calling a hit out for Kevin. Uh, uh, yeah. So I wanted to surprise you that I got a sponsor, but uh, you guys keep talking trash about it. Just ruined it. I just ruined it. Um, I, listen, I, I, did, I did try guys, to make so, guys, somebody, somebody just pulled in my driveway. I think I saw the jewel truck pull up in my driveway. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're in trouble, buddy. Respiratory therapist talking trash about our product. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't call out from work on Thursday. I swear they put a hit out on me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they don't hear from you, seriously, somebody come look for you. Um, I I did try it back when I was like I don't know, probably like 
eight or ten years ago. Um, I think I tried a jewel once, and uh, I, I found it to be very, um, very concentrated. I felt like sick from like the like from like the nicotine. It was like, I mean, I guess you. Could, and the, the cool thing about it was like you know it lights up. You know, it, you know it like light. You know. It was like this digital cigarette kind of thing, so that was kind of like a you know you blow out this smoke. I, I, one thing I've heard about is like the fat people call it fat clouds, right? Like that's one of the things they do is like they blow they, the kids want to try to blow out these like giant plumes, you know, yeah. you know, like when people you know like we were young and kids, some kids could like blow rings. Yes, they can yes. do that with these like they they have some they have some of these things that are like extra smoky, and yes. you can like blow these big things. So I think I think that's a lot of where it comes in is just that kind of like natural kid thing of just being like, like, huh, like cloud smoke, cool, you know, like, you know, <laughs> like it's not even that complicated. It's like, why? Oh, that's why. <laughs> but then, but then the secondary factor is, oh, 5% nicotine, like, woo. And then they're just, I'm seriously, like I'm saying like two or three puffs off that thing and you're like i mean i was i was like whoa this is like crazy and, and not in a good way so yeah yeah i i think anything that looks that looks that cool um should send up a red flag for anybody it's like ooh, this is like the new coolest thing red flag should be going off of your head like what makes this thing cool and what is yeah. this stuff and like what's in this little vial because i don't yeah. know i all i know is that there's nicotine in it and you can't tell me what's in there yeah, I, nobody, you know, nobody yeah. nobody really knows so. nobody. <laughs> yeah. and i and i remind like um you know my, my children too on that like doctors used to prescribe cigarettes you know you're stressed yeah. out go go get some cigarettes they used to um what your baby small? <laughs> keep your keep your baby small. Keep your baby small. Keep your baby small. They probably said that, didn't they? It does cause. Oh, for sure. That was literally one of the things um, that they were touting. Gestational age. Oh my gosh. Well, I just remember being as a peds nurse on the floors, as in you know, so this is late nineties, and there are still being nurses that have been there twenty years, thirty years for a long time, and talking about rounding with the physicians, and the physicians would smoke at the bedside of these, you know, of sick kids and of everywhere. They just did like, yeah. What a time, huh? Yeah. When my mom was giving birth to me, she, the person in her room was smoking. Like she was, and like, and like, she was like complaining, like, and they were like, and, and the doctors were like treating her like she was being some uppity, you know, whatever, because she like, was like, cause her and my dad were like, can we, can we not like, have this person smoking in here, you know? Um, I just, my baby's like two hours old. Can I just, just give me like a break? Let me just, like, yeah. Yeah, good, good old Albany Med. I worked, I worked at Albany Med, boy, in 2014 to 2015. Sure did. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a, that's, 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 a, that's a battle experience, especially if you were, if you're in any ER settings there too. Oh yes, I was in that ER. It was uh, that's, that's quite the ER down there. Oh yeah, so, so. that's crazy. You're dealing with a lot of homeless. You're dealing with like, a lot of homeless. You're dealing with a lot of like, like crazy. I mean, it's a good place to cut your teeth probably because you're seeing a lot of stuff. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's like it's I, literally. I, it was a great place to learn. It was my first place out of school. Um, I had I had a great preceptor, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, shout out to Alicia Matthews. They that like they. Yeah, it's a great place to cut your teeth because I mean you're gonna you're gonna see and do a lot. Yeah, yeah. my 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 wife's from the capital district. She can speak to the population down there. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I know. I did, I've never been there. I mean, I've visited my sister and Kevin that live there, but I have not. Luckily, I haven't been to the medical facility there. Well, it's not that bad. I mean, it, good. It, I mean, listen, they handle a lot. But they also, because they handle a lot, it's also kind of a, like, I mean, you, listen, you don't want to go to the ER. The, the ER definitely just does. Right. Stuff. That's what I meant. Like, oh, luckily, so, I haven't needed them. I didn't mean yeah, like it was it's a always so crowded. But yeah. you do get good care, though. That's the thing. It's because they've seen so much, you're not getting people, like, 
opening up a textbook and be like, well, I don't know about this. I've heard about, it. you know, like you're getting people who are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've seen this 12 times. I'm like, actually you need to do like this and that and put your head back, you know, like, like they, like, like the good thing is like, you definitely feel like people have been through. Like actually I had to go there the other day. I actually literally had to go there a week ago because my, my, I had cataract surgery and my cataract lens like is, is popping out of my eye. Um, and like my, so like my, my, my pupil was like a triangle. Um, so the guy, you know, so I went there and the, you know, and the nurses, you know, like I said, first of all, it was, it was mayhem in there. And the nurse was like, oh, wow, I've never seen this before. So I took out her cell phone. <laughs> so I took a picture. It's like, it's like, wow, that's one for the books. Um, but, you know, the, old eyeball, the old eyeball treatment. Oh, my God. I always <laughs> yeah. tell patients you don't want to be interesting, right? When you come in here, you want to, you don't want people to be like, oh, get the student. Hey, Bob, Bob, yes. come on. Like, you know. <laughs> Like you just want to be boring. You want us to be like no big deal. Um, I, I will also say, Kevin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot you were falling apart. You're right because he's married. Oh, yeah. it, he's married to my sister, and I did have a conversation with Abby, and I was like, "How are things going?" She's like, "Oh, Kevin's dying. He's got COVID. And I think he got strep, and then he his lens for his cataract thing fell out." I'm like, "Wait, wait his 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 part of his eye fell out?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know." And I'm like, "How like?" Is he okay? She's like, I, I, I don't know. I got to go to work. I got the kid. Like, <laughs> so I was concerned for you, and I did say he should probably have somebody look at that. Like, just so I was, I was on Team Kevin there. Um, oh, thank you. I appreciate I think, that. Uh, yeah. That's why when I, I, watch, I watch my mouth when I'm in patients' rooms. So if I say, I, I try to try to avoid do, saying things like, "Oh, that's interesting," or "Oh, wow." <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know because because people can get it tipped off people are going to be like what's interesting like what are you looking at buddy yeah yeah exactly you, you don't take your cell phone out you haven't seen this before yeah like... right well let me hold get still. my phone yeah like... hold still just for like 10 seconds okay <laughs> let me get my student come here, come here student. <laughs> that happened to, that happened to me too at, at what as a side, small sidebar that happened to me too at west point when i was uh, i was running off base and uh a dog bit me and so, I, so like I, I, you know, so like I ran over to like the like to the hospital there, and they were like, "Whoa, we've never seen this before." They're like, "Well, we should probably give you rabies shots." And I was like, "Really?" And they were like, "Yeah, come on." And then they had, and then they called over like six. So I was sitting there. So it was on my ass. So I'm sitting there with my ass hanging out with like six med students and I'm like an attending sitting there being like, "Well, okay, we have to inject these right into the wound, all right, guys? So this is how you do it, you know." And I, so I was at their live medical demonstration, and I was like, "Well, this sucks." So, do you know? If, do you know if the doctor did it, or did he hand it to one of the students? And the student did. I didn't know any drugs because there was six. I had to get six shots in it, so I think he did the first one. I think he was handing off the, the other ones. It was. Oh, I was definitely their learn. They're like their practice dummy for the day. They were like, "Oh, well, this is interesting. Now you're going to give a rabies shot." Yeah. Check, get out your checklist. We haven't done a rabies vaccine. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that, come on in. When you walk in and the medical people are like, oh, wow. Like, like you said, that's never good. You, you never want to be the interesting case. Yeah, you can't, you can't tip them off. You can't tip a patient off like that. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I didn't crack me up. So uh, respiratory stuff. Thank you, Kehoe. This was good. I don't, oh, the only other thing I was going to say, I, I told you I wanted to get your opinion on vaping stuff and a yeah. little bit of like the best kind of home remedies. Um, as a respiratory therapist, right? What, what would you not, I have a list of things that get cornered, people get cornered by me occasionally at social events. Mm. I'm like, are you, are you, are you getting your sunlight? Are you getting your, are you sleeping well? Do you have good connections? Have you done 45 minutes of zone two cardio twice a week? I have a whole, you know, are you flossing? Right. I've got a whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm very popular. And uh, anyway, so I would think similarly as a respiratory therapist, you like, what are your things that you're like, I would, I would never do this, or I would tell somebody always to do this. Like through your your professional lens, is that putting you like on the spot? I don't know. No, I mean, uh, I think that like anything in life, God, this is gonna get soapy here. Jeez, um, you know, fi like find a moment in the day to take care of yourself. Like, I guess is that is that, that kind of the answer you're looking for? I don't know. Take take care of yourself. So do mm -hmm. things like go outside for a walk. Um, take a take a third take 30 minutes in the morning 
to go outside on the deck with like a cup of coffee and just like watch the sunrise um, before you dive into your phone, before you like go and be a parent, like if your kids are still sleeping, um, make sure you're taking a little bit of time to just mm, have a little peaceful time with yourself every single day. Because I think that um, it's it's very easy in this world to right now uh, where there's a lot of stuff ha- happening and a lot of stuff happening all at once in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me specifically, like I will make sure that I go out to the garage and do a workout and then I go outside and I watch the sunrise. Um, the, the, the things I would, the things I would not do is try to do everything in a day, try to cram so much in a day that you forget um, you forget what, like, you know, what 24 hours is like, um, if that makes sense. Cause I yeah. think that it's, it's easy to, to look up and be like, it's 11 PM. And I've been doom scrolling through Facebook because I've done all yeah. my, you know, kids are in bed. I've like cooked some food. I've, um, you know, I've, I've cleaned the house or whatever. And now I'm just fishing through social media and now it's like 11 o'clock. I don't have time to go to bed. So anyway, I, I, you know, all I'm saying is just take some time for yourself. And I think that for me personally, I make sure I get outside uh, every day. I try to um, at least walk my dog at least twice. And then I do a workout in my garage early in the morning. Those are my big things. Uh, that's, that's really good. Oh, so that's, well, first of all, that was really amazing advice, which I will probably edit this to end on that because that is good. But I had one, one last thing, sidebar thing, yeah. which was if, so, so sleep apnea, I have sleep apnea. Oh, I, was geeky, yeah. I, I have a machine. Yeah. Um, I think it's imperative that I use it. Like I use it now and it's like, I can't, I can't sleep without it really at this point. Sure. Yeah. If you, let's say you were like, I don't know, like a late 40 something woman and your husband probably had like sleep apnea probably because like he has like really bad snoring sometimes when you like sometimes you just like get up and then go on the couch because it's so bad you know um would you recommend that he get like like a like a sleep study or like maybe see about getting like a sleep apnea machine yeah and i mean i think that you it's all comes down to good communication it's for me I, you, you, you're going to make Ryan get a sleep apnea machine, Kevin. I'm just saying, oh, if, you were a, if you were a woman oh. in Vermont, if you were a woman in Vermont, where is he going with this? I see. Uh, I see the end here. 40s and your husband happened to, you know, snore pretty badly, would you, if you can just speak to the health benefits of uh, a sleep a sleep apnea machine, if you do have sleep apnea, if, if you are having that, you know? Uh, okay, I, I'll put it this way. Happy wife happy life well that's yeah. that's that's true too i'll there. say that if you want if you want to keep your wife happy uh, I, I would say follow her advice on that one <laughs> yeah yeah that was very politically correct but I think, I, um I, 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 there I, are I, there are a lot of health benefits to to fully treating sleep. would you agree oh sure yeah in, in all seriousness so sleep apnea yeah it can really interfere with your sleep um it does eventually it can, it can lead to things like heart problems um and cognitive decline throughout your, your life if you don't get it looked at. So you certainly should at least make the effort to get a sleep study done. Um, it's it's a it's a very common thing. There's sleep study practitioners that will um, put you in a, in a room where you know you can go to sleep. They'll have some sensors that they'll put on you, and they'll they'll just monitor your sleep. Um, there's a chance they may put you on a CPAP overnight just to see how you respond to that. They may, may, they may put you on some oxygen, but I, I, I think that a good, uh, uh, you can't, you can't beat, um, a good night's sleep. Um, it, this is so, so Sarah and I do do CrossFit and there was a great line from Matt Fraser, who was one of the CrossFit champions. He said, sleep would be a banned substance if we didn't do it naturally. Because there's so many good things that come from a good night's sleep. And it's just, you can't, you can't, um, you, I can't put enough emphasis on a healthy night's sleep, especially somebody who works night shift. 
um, I definitely notice the, what happens to my brain when I'm on a night stretch. Like by night five, I'm seeing double, and yeah. I can I can only imagine with somebody with sleep apnea that it's not it doesn't just happen overnight. It happens over time. So this is going to slowly develop, and then you're slowly going to have these issues creep in on you. Um, but if you but if your wife or anybody is saying that to you, like, hey, you should get this looked at. It's probably worth at least just giving it giving it a, a quick look and just see what's what's going on yeah okay well it's, it's a good oh yeah I, I you're right i think you're right i should i will uh ryan has a referral in but this is don't get me on my soapbox about our some of our broken healthcare system issues oh, and sure. uh, yes. i just need to um i got a guy I just need to call my guy who got will a guy. got a guy got a guy to call the guy got a sleep guy yeah yeah this is this is the the pros and the cons about um just professional he was my student 15 years ago and then went on to do this so to be a sleep specialist um this is the good about vermont the good about working in your profession for a long period of time in one area you just see these different careers and different connections and people evolve and um yeah and then i can be like yeah i got i got a guy I knew him. I knew him when, but now he's much better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good, it's good to have a guy. That's for sure. It's good to have a guy. Always good to have a guy. Um. Well, yeah. Well, Sarah, you want to take us out? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, really, we could probably have Keo come back and just do a whole thing on sleep apnea, but we'll bug you about that later. We appreciate. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> my my idea for mostly this this discussion because it's coming out in February off, you know, the heels of a bad kind of cold flu respiratory illness season was to more focus on um, pediatric stuff, I think. But uh, anyways, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kevin, as always, my lovely co-host. And uh, thank you, Kevin, too, Kevin Kehoe, um, yeah, for sharing your time. I appreciate that. You've given us an hour or so of your evening and um, just some insights from somebody. This is what you do. Working yeah, with people's thanks, Sarah. Every day. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Sarah, and thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely.